Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the CrossFit Control Podcast. So this week, it's just Heather and I, and uh, we're going to talk about chronic diseases. So what is a chronic disease, and what can we do to... Uh, I don't know, Heather, you talk. Kind of eliminate it or cure. Uh, so when we talk about kind of curing, what is curing? And that's kind of removing the cause of something when we look at kind of the definition. And I think it's cool to look at what CrossFit can do as far as, you know, we go to the doctors all the time and they say, oh, we have this, like we have diabetes, can, here's this medicine. But if we take a step back, there's other things that we can do to actually help or cure some of these chronic diseases. That's what was that quote I told you earlier? Most people are looking for a pharmaceutical solution to everyday human problems. Yep. And so that's what we're going to try to talk to you guys about today is what, what is a chronic disease? What is going on in the body to cause this? And then what are some things that we can do to change our lifestyle? So the first thing we want to do is we want to um, go over the definition of a chronic disease. So uh, as far as, I don't know about a chronic disease, like <laughs> we might have to cut this one. <laughs> We'll be good. So when it comes to chronic diseases, they are disorders in the body. And so we have two different types of chronic diseases. We have disorders of structure. So that would be like arthritis, um, bone thinning. And then we have disorders of our metabolism. And that would be like type 2 diabetes, yep. uh, obesity, heart disease, um, high blood pressure. And so... What, what we want to do is talk about what's going on in your body to cause that. Mostly obesity and type 2 diabetes are the two that we try to go after the most. And hopefully you take something away from this episode on how to change your habits. And they're all kind of related too, because a lot of times it starts with, you know, the diet and, you know, type 2 diabetes, which then turns into heart disease and the high blood pressure. So they all kind of compound on one another. Yeah, so... Maybe let's start with diabetes. So there's type 1 and there's type 2. And I don't know if a lot of people know the difference between type 1 and type 2, but maybe we can, we can break that down real quick. So actually, real quick, can you go over what is going on in the body when we take in sugar and carbs as far as insulin? Yeah. So when we kind of take in any kind of carbohydrate, so if we ate a potato chip or a sweet potato, our body takes that as a sugar. So it we ingest it, it digests, and we our body takes that as a carbohydrate or a glucose to be able to be stored for energy. So as that breaks down, we only have so many energy stores that are possible. So that's where our body's natural response is that insulin to say, cool, we got some sugar in the blood. And it takes that sugar away to either our muscles, to um, our liver, to store it for later when we exercise, we get up and move, whatever that might be. So what's happening is when we ingest more sugar, as far as when we're looking at like a processed, you know, I had a cookie or a piece of cake, which is a lot higher in those, you know, glucose and our sugars, is that we get to a point when we ingest so much that our body cannot buffer that anymore. So we don't have any more storage within our muscles. We don't have any more storage. So it either stores it as fat or it stays within the blood. So when we have too much excess sugar in that blood, that's where we kind of start going wrong as far as it's toxic. 
like it doesn't have a place to go, so it just sits there. And so with that, it can kind of cause those side effects of that we see in diabetes, which is the neuropathy. It can cause, you know, excess pressure in the eyes um, where we have those issues that can kind of start compounding to those chronic diseases. And to be clear, you're talking about type 2 diabetes as far as the excess sugar. Yes. And so we'll talk about type 1 too because there there is a, a small difference, but Basically, what happens is your pancreas just stops producing insulin because it can't keep up, right, with type 2? Yeah, type 2, like I said, we have that limit of our body is able to kind of take on so much, and we only have so much insulin that we can naturally produce. So when we ingest more of that than our body can take care of, that our blood is basically toxic with those excess sugars. So we get to that point where we're like, I can't keep up. And so, real quick, tell me if I'm wrong because you you are the nutrition expert. Um, type one is the body just does not produce insulin. Yeah, so type one is also known as kind of the juvenile diabetes because it is that genetic factor where our bodies just physically do not have that insulin response. We don't produce insulin at all, so that's where we do have to take insulin to be able to just process our normal. Where in type two, or you know, just me and you. We have that response. We're cool. We eat some kind of carb, which turns into a sugar, and our bodies take care of that naturally. So with uh, type 2 diabetes, let's say we have an athlete starting today that is a diabetic Mm -hmm. type 2. How long do you think eating, um, and we'll, we'll talk about like what whole foods are and everything, but how long from the, the lifestyle that they have now to you know, eating a whole, whole food balanced diet and exercising three to five days a week, how long would it take them to reverse that type two diabetes for the majority? I would say about three to six months. Three to six months. And obviously there's always, there's going to be an outlier out there. Maybe that doesn't work for them, but for the majority, and, and we've seen this in our gym, it takes about three to six months to reverse type two diabetes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Maybe we can talk about how how do we do that? How do we approach reversing type 2 diabetes? As far as approaching, we kind of have to look at, you know, the CrossFit um, prescription or the the CrossFit pyramid is it's that 23 hours of the day. Nutrition is at the base of our CrossFit pyramid. And that's where everything starts before we even get into, cool, I'm going to show up to the gym three or five days a week. And that's, so that's the thing too, is how many times we have people start, they're only doing the fitness side of it. And they say, well, I worked out for an hour a day. Uh, I'm going to go home and I'm going to enjoy a pint of ice cream because I, I lost all those calories. But now, so in, in onboarding and that first onboarding where they do the bike, mm-hmm. I always tell them like, okay, you saw how hard it was to burn 15 calories. One Reese's cup has 170. So keep that in mind when we're looking at those, those treat meals. I still think about that every time I'm on that assault bike. More rowing, so lately. I can say only assault bike forever. I think you're one of few people. I know. <laughs> and so we talked about diabetes. Um, maybe we can talk about the quality of food and the lifestyle changes that they should be making. And so one of the easiest ways is filling your plate with half your plate with veggies and eating meat veggies, uh, maybe a little bit of fruit for that energy source. And what's, what's one way they could approach that going to the grocery store? At the grocery store, we definitely want to shop the perimeter. 
So um, a good kind of cheat sheet is, did it have eyeballs? Did it grow in the ground? And that's a good way to make sure that it's that whole food. It either someone grew it or it lived at one point in time to make sure that it is a whole food source. And that's the thing. So when you start going down the aisles, those things have, they have a shelf life. They have preservatives. They're, they're there to sit for a while. Whereas when you shop the perimeter, like Heather said, we're looking at meat's going to expire within a couple of weeks. Fruit and veggies, they expire. And that's, that's, that's what we want the majority of our food to be. Mm-hmm. I think with it too, it's definitely kind of the habit and cultures that we have within, you know, where chronic disease does kind of stem from our nutrition and that sedentary lifestyle is that we have those habits of, okay, we eat breakfast, then we go to the office. Oh, someone's brought in cupcakes or someone, oh, there's a snack. And even looking before that with, you know, in school, like you had breakfast two hours later, you're having lunch, then, you know, maybe... I know kindergarten, preschool, they have snacks every little bit. And so we kind of build these habits to set ourselves up towards that lifestyle. Yeah. So you're talking about schools. One thing, and I think I've told you this, do you remember what one of our, one of our members told us that's a teacher about the milk? I don't think I heard that. This is going to blow your mind. So please stop your children from doing this, save them from diabetes. So in schools, kids are allowed to get an extra milk at breakfast, and at lunch. One chocolate milk, and they always want a chocolate milk, one chocolate milk has 25 grams of sugar. So we're talking about 100 grams of sugar for a kid just, just from liquid. That doesn't include the, the pizza that they're eating or, or whatever they're getting at home, but just 100 grams of sugar just in the milk that they're allowed to have for the day. That's crazy. When the recommended uh, daily intake for our like added sugars, which chocolate milk would have that, is 50 grams. And that's like at the top tier. That's for an adult, though. Yeah, so a child. Yeah, we're talking about kids are eating 100 grams of sugar a day just from their milk. And so what this this woman told me was they tried to switch it to where they could only do um, white milk as, as their second milk. Parents threw a fit. The parents threw fit, not the kids. And I'm, I'm just shocked because we're we're trying to save our kids, and we we can't even get the the parents to be on board. It's just it's insane. So we got we got what's happening in the body when we overeat. Now let's talk about. Uh, so we got what's happening in the body, how to fix that, the quantity of foods. Maybe we can talk about. Or sorry, we talked about the quality of foods. Now can we talk about the qu- quantity? Definitely. How much they should be eating. So the quantity, we want to make sure, obviously, that we're fueling our body to what we need to do for CrossFit or even just living. But we want to make sure that that it's not that excess. Guys, this is our first podcast with the new mics. I feel like I'm too close to the mic. Do you you catch yourself hitting that chord? I do. Yeah. Maybe, does it sound better? Can you still hear me? A little bit. We just go with the flow. This is like the Joe Rogan podcast. So we got it. We got to keep it going. Um, so with the, with the quantity of food, what is, so we have, we have three macros in our body as far as protein is the building blocks for all of our cells. Um, fats regulate our hormones and help with fat-soluble vitamins. And carbohydrates are simple. They're a form of energy, mm-hmm. right? And so we can break those down, how, how much of each one we should have 
for a percentage of our calories per day? What's that look like? For the kind of CrossFit recommendation is that 40% of carbohydrates, 30% of protein, and 30% of our fats. Uh, But with that, we want to make sure, and I think the big issue that we see in, you know, the chronic disease and, you know, even obesity and diabetes is that it's that quality along with quantity. So we're eating more than we should of the carbohydrates that are not beneficial for us. So it's definitely the the pizza, the, you know, cookies, the candy, the snacks at work. And most times those are not vegetables or, you know, a bag of raspberries. So you're saying I can't save all my carbs for the end of the night and have a pint of Ben and Jerry's? Theoretically, you could. Probably would not be the best <laughs> decision. Yeah. And the, the quantity or sorry, the quality of food will change how you feel. That's that's the truth. Um, and so Heather's talking about that 40-30-30 split. What we do need to realize is that's your caloric intake, the percentage of each macro for your caloric intake. And when you're calculating this, your protein has four grams per, or sorry, four calories per gram of protein. Yep. Your carbohydrate has four calories per gram of protein, but fat has nine calories per gram of protein. So whenever we're doing our macro breakdown, it's not in grams, it's the percentage of calories. And so where, where can they start like to figure out how do they figure out that, how much should they be eating? Where do we start? As far as like total calories or? Yeah. Like we, we probably want to start with the protein, right? Cause that's our building blocks. Yeah. Protein. We definitely, if we're hitting that, that's going to kind of allow the other macros to fall where they need to be. So What's recommended is 0.7 to 1 gram of protein per pound of body weight, or if we are kind of on our journey and it's that ideal body weight that we want to be at. So when you say ideal body weight, can I weigh 200 pounds? I want to weigh 100 pounds, so I should eat 100 grams? What's the, what's the, the difference? Like we want to be within, is it 5 or 10% of, and- our, of our current weight? I want to say 10. Don't quote me on that. Yeah. So I think it's, it's like, it's somewhere around five to 10%. Um, and so you can adjust your macros over time as you get closer to that goal weight. So maybe if you are 200 pounds and I'm just using these whole numbers as an example, cause it's very easy. Yeah. So nobody wants to weigh a hundred pounds, but let's say you do weigh 200 pounds and you want to weigh a hundred pounds. Our first goal would be 190. And we start out with the macros of 190. And then we once we, we reach 190, then we move on to 180. And we just we want it to be a slow process because if we do the macros at 100, what's going to happen to our body once we stop? It freaks out, right? It freaks out. And your body is very, very smart. And it knows how to either take from different sources. So if we're not giving it enough protein, then it's probably going to take from, you know, either our muscle stores to kind of create that. So that's what we don't want to happen. But if we focus on protein, it allows the other kind of processes to happen. And so once you figure out your protein goal, we're going to move to carbs. Real simple math because we got 30% of our protein, 40% carbs. You're going to take your protein in grams, say it's 200. You're going to times it by four and then divide it by three. That's how many grams of carbs you need for the day. That's your energy source. And again, this is just the basic CrossFit prescription for 
someone who's fresh starting nutrition. Obviously, if you work with Heather, um, she might adjust your macros a little bit. Just another uh, like we've talked about, this could be a whole another episode. Women and their hormones throughout the month. Cause oh my gosh, that our bodies are crazy, and that's something I never even thought about opening this place until someone explained it to me. And so that's another reason why you're a great nutrition coach is you can talk with the women about those, those things going on throughout mm-hmm. the month. And so once we got our carbs, we can figure out our fats. You're going to take your fat or sorry, you're going to take your protein number. You're going to times it by four and then divide it by nine because there's four grams, sorry, four calories per gram of protein. And there's nine calories per gram of fat. And that's going to give you your fat in grams. The last thing I think we want to talk about is, well, how should we track this stuff? And so we have two ways. Um, a lot of our, our people for nutrition, we start out with the plate method, right? Do you, you start out with the plate method? Yeah, that's definitely the easiest place um, to start. Like you said before, fill plate with veggies. 25% is going to be that lean protein about the size of our palm. And the other 25% about a fistful of some kind of whole carbohydrate source. Like um, like a sweet potato or like maybe some fruit. Is that the right idea for a carb? Yep. Cool. And then once you get used to that and you want to be a little bit more dialed in, we can start tracking with something like my fitness pal, where you're, you're tracking your, your weighing and measuring your food every day. Yep. Total calories. And like we said, that 40, 30, 30 split is a good place to kind of start to help support um, CrossFit lifestyle and even just general health. All right. So we define chronic disease. We understand what's going on in the body. We know the quality of food that we need to eat to change that. And we know the quantity that we need to change that. Do we have anything else on this one? Do we want to talk about how the body changes as far as kind of preventing that? That's going to be all you. I'm not that far into the nutrition course. (laughs) But yeah, if you want to talk to them about that, let's do that. Um, so with exercise, when we do start that fitness program, um, like we talked about earlier is that with that excess sugar, our bodies are trying to respond to that, but it doesn't have the ability as we start to exercise, it really makes us more insulin sensitive. So we use that energy, we use that sugar in our muscles and our blood, and then our muscles kind of start to get hungry for more. So that's where it becomes more efficient. When we have that nutrition dialed in, we've got our exercise dialed in. So now our bodies are almost kind of craving that energy and that sugar. So it's kind of that opposite response where we're more insulin sensitive. You got anything else? That's it for the, this episode? For this episode. All right, guys. Keep listening in. Heather and I got a lot of cool topics to talk to you guys about. And, of course, we'll have Matt back on. So. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you in the gym.